Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Hi there. February. So cold here. It's freezing cold here. It's so bitter cold. We're hitting negative numbers. It's been a long time, I feel like. We haven't had a winter like this for a while. And even on our good winters, come February, I'm done with winter. I'm ready for spring. So it's especially hitting me this year because it's been a real winter this year. It has been super wintry. Like, you think frozen? This is what we're living in right now. Ice. The weird part about this winter is we get the snow and then it, like, melts away. And then we get, like, feet of snow and then it melts away. Usually it stays. We've had some storms. It's been weird that way. Like... It will rain and wash the snow away. Oh, that rain. Yep, we did have rain in the middle there. But right now it's like just cold, little bit of snow. Unless you go up high, then there's lots and lots of snow. Like up in the foothills in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Our ski resorts are. They are. This is the time to come skiing in Utah. Come to Utah. Yeah, it's good. Take a ski trip. You won't regret it. You won't. But maybe don't come because we don't need the traffic in the canyons. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It took me three hours last weekend to get out of the canyon. Three hours to get home. Three hours sitting in the car coming down the canyon. Did you have a good book? Well, no, because I was with my kids. Well, I shouldn't say that because I make my kids listen to audiobooks when it's just me in the car with them. But my husband was in the car and he doesn't really care much for audiobooks. So we listened to Jim Gaffigan's comedy. Oh, but that's good. Which my kids love. He's a hoot. Yeah. So... We had something to listen to. We had snacks. I wasn't driving, so I was chill. So you didn't get hungry. I was fine. Oh, that's good. But three hours, we could have been somewhere warm in three hours. Seriously. <laughs> we could have been to... That is weird to think of. Southern Utah. Anyway, besides our weather conditions. Yes. Today, Jamie, do you have a fun fact for us? I absolutely do. Colleen Can't Hoover, wait. do you know... I don't know how old she is now. I could figure that out. But she wrote her first book when she was 31. I didn't know that. It came out in 2012. Really? She is a fairly new author. That's I mean, amazing. that's 10-ish years. But she's written how many books? Like, so many so books. So many books. So I was so surprised that 2012 was her, her first book. By 33, it had drastically changed their lives. Um, when she wrote her first book, her husband was a truck driver. He was gone all the time on the road. And um, when she was 33, he had quit working and was a, the stay-at-home parent. And she was traveling on tour with her books. Wow. Like, they it just, just swapped, roles. swapped roles and changed their lives completely, wow. she said. But another thing about her, well, and her genres are all over the place. If you go to her website... She has like a book map and it's color coded. I love this so much. Oh my much. gosh. Now I want to check it out. For young adult, like this one's clean. Your teenagers could read it. And then that's the green color. And then the yellow color is maybe a little bit more questionable, like more of her romance. Although okay. she has some romance and everything. And then there's a few with a red cover that have more than just a little. Okay. So I love that she color coded them. There's some series in there. Her very first ones in 2012 are a young adult series. It's like college age kids. Um, anyway, 
Interesting. So I love that about her, that she's color-coded appropriateness. But then she also puts in that, but that's for you to decide with your kids and what your kids choose to read, because there are um, some high school-level readings. Also, her reading style, she doesn't really have one. She kind of just does whatever. I mean, her writing style. Yeah. The only thing that absolutely has to happen is when she starts a new book, she has to be wearing a new pair of socks. What? Is that such a... I heard multiple interviews with her, and that's what she said in all of them. She's like, I know it's the weirdest thing, and nobody's going to understand it. I don't even really understand it, but when I start a new book, I have to have a new pair of socks on. Oh my gosh, that is the funniest thing. That's her thing. thing. She says she donates a lot of socks to Goodwill. I love it. That is awesome. So anyway, a little bit about her. It's been fun to uh, watch her on interviews and read about her. Um, I love yeah, that. It was fun. Okay, today is What's on Your Shelf. It's Yay! my favorite week of the month. I love talking about what I'm reading and finding out what you're reading. Um, so Jamie, what's on your shelf? I have read a lot of books this month. That's a good sign. It's a good start to the year. I know. Um, not this month, not February, January. In January, ton, I, 11, 12-ish That's books awesome. for one month. So That's great. I was on a roll. So I have some books to talk about. The How first will you one. Choose? Oh, I know, right? Well, they weren't all great. That's the thing. Yeah. There were very, like, there was one I only gave two stars. I'm not going to talk about that. But um, there were some good ones. Yeah, the one I gave two stars to, I'll mention it just so you know, because I'd love to hear if you thought differently of it. It's called The Dead Romantics. Huh. And I like the premise and the idea of it. It was just a little too cheesy for me. It was a little too much of a cheesy love story. Okay. Um, so I gave that one two stars. But I want to hear what you think of it. So, but well, that's, I've seen that cover lots of times. I'm not good. Yeah, it's been on a lot of lists lately and Dead Romantics. I like kind of morbid things and... So I thought, oh, this will be a perfect kind of twist, like putting romance and death together, mm-hmm. which it, it interesting, but premise, but it just, maybe just a little too immature for my liking. Sure. But I like the storyline. Anyway. Okay. The first one I want to talk about is called O.C. Daniel, and it's, it's written out like O.C.D., but the D also is, his name is Daniel. So it's O.C. Daniel. Okay. Okay. And this is like middle school, teenage book, definitely young adult. Um, But what I really liked about this simple storyline, easy to read, easy to get through really, really quick. Um, But it talks a lot about mental health. And it gives you a really, I mean, I've I think we joke about OCD a lot. Like we have our particulars and want things a certain way. But when we, when this kid who really has OCD is nothing like mean having that obsessive compulsiveness of always having a sharp pencil, you know, it's, it's not that it's, it's so much more than that and how debilitating it is to live a normal life with it. So it's about this high school kid. He's on the football team, but he doesn't really like to play football. It's just kind of an expectation in his family. So he's more of like the water boy and he perfectly lines up those water cups and does not ever want to be noticed for his 
he calls them zaps for his zaps. Because when it when he's zapped, it's like something his brain sets out. He has to stop and do it until either the zapping stops or until it feels right, which he doesn't really always know what that is. And if he messes up, he has to start it all over again. So it can be from turning the light switches on and off to opening and closing the door to how many steps you're taking to get into a room. And if it's the wrong number of steps, you have to go all the way back and start the process all over again. And he is trying to keep this a secret from everyone. So his parents don't know, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And he's not getting any sleep because to go to bed at night, the routine of going to bed, the zaps happen more often in the evening. And so he's like, sometimes it takes him three to four hours just to brush his teeth, get pajamas on and get into bed. Like that process, that simple process, because there's so many things like certain numbers. He can't write the number four. Just it's so, I don't think most of us would understand it because how could we? Right. It's just so unbelievable how detrimental it is to him. So he's trying to hide it, but yet he's in high school and he's, you know, dealing with all the social emotional of high school and friendships and um, maintaining those friendships, but then hiding this because he doesn't want people to think he's weird. And I thought it was just really endearing, really sweet, but it also takes my brain and humanizes these mental illnesses. Like these are people that they don't want to struggle with this and they don't want to be a problem to anybody else, but yet they can't function on their their own. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they see someone doing this might like maybe laugh or be like, that's so weird. Cause when things are weird and unknown, you know, we kind of look at it like that person is weird and he just doesn't want to be weird. He just wants to be like, not noticed. So I highly recommend it. I think it's great. The more we talk about mental illness, the more we have characters that we love and are endearing, the more understanding we are to the differences of one another. So I gave it three stars. It's OC Daniel by Wesley King. Awesome. All right. Um, The first book I'm going to talk about today is The Family Game by Katherine Stedman. This is has been on a lot of lists. I almost want to say it was one of like book of the month books. Hmm. Okay. Um, this is a thriller. It's the story of a woman um, who has been dating this man for a year and they get engaged, but he is from a very prominent family. Okay. Um, has quite a bit of money. And even though they've just gotten engaged, she has never met his family. He's a little, he's quite a bit estranged from them and doesn't really want to combine those two parts of his life. Um, but she doesn't have a family. Her family has died. Um, when she was young, she's English, but she's moved from London to New York to be with her fiance. And so she's looking for family. Okay. And when they get engaged, his family reaches out and says, you know, now is the time. If you're getting married, like we should know her. We want to invite you guys to dinner. Let me go. Let me take her out. Anyway, so one thing leads to another and she is being bombarded by his family and just in the 
in her opinion, the best way because they want to know her. They want to get to know her. They want to include her and, and make them all or bring them back into the family, bring her fiance back into the family. Okay. And they think she is the route to do that. Um, but just like most families, like they're a little weird and they definitely have their things and where they are so very wealthy. They're also very protective of that. And they're like the way other people view them and the way they Mm -hmm. are perceived by, um, the world is very important to them. So they do some weird things to kind of keep things in the family. Okay. And to make sure that like they can trust each other and all of these things. Well, um, as she gets to know them, she becomes, you know, little family secrets start to come out and things that she, she's obviously read all about them online, but these things aren't online. Mm -hmm. And so just these little family secrets start to come out and she starts Mm. to have some concerns about his family, specifically his dad and all the interactions that she has with him are just uncomfortable and they just keep her off kilter. And it's, it is just this, this is the story of her kind of deciding whether or not she wants to be connected to this family. And, uh, she has some secrets of her own that come out. It's it's interesting. It was fun. Huh. It's a fun game. It's a thriller, or it's a fun book about yeah. like family games. Okay. Um, the keeping of secrets, the spilling of secrets, and what you're willing to do for money. Anyway, it's very interesting. People will always surprise you. I know. And this this had a really fun twist at the end. I, it's one of those that you want to talk to somebody else about it and be like, when did you know? Okay. Like, when did you see that twist coming and that it would make for a fun I conversation? I love to have conversations yeah. like that. I gave it three stars. It's called The Family Game. Okay. Cool. My next book is The Marriage Portrait by Maggie O'Farrell. Okay. Now, I know this is the author to Hamnet which you read recently and loved. I did. I really liked it. This had a really long wait. Uh, It just came out in September of this last year. And it, it takes place in like the 1500s in Italy. And it's the story of a Royal family that um, has, it's particularly about Lucretia. They also refer to her as Lucree, but she is just kind of the oddball of the family. She's the third daughter, and she is very different than her sisters. She definitely stays in the nursery longer than her sisters ever did. Like, when I say they live in the nursery, they literally live in the nursery. They're cared for. They're taken care of in that part of the castle. They have their oh. own nursemaids and wet nurses servants and, and servants and everything. And they really do, like, that's... They're part of the house. And so she is just a difficult from day one, they said. She's just always been difficult. Well, she has a very um, artistic side and loves nature. So she's just absorbing everything. There's kind of not as much weight on her head because she's been such the difficult child. And so she just spends her day enjoying the scenery and the nature and drawing, drawing and making paintings and reading and her schoolwork. Um, and her older sister is engaged to be married, but dies the night before. Oh. And so her fiance 
looks to Lucrecia, 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 and says, well, then I'll take, I'll take her. And at the time she's like 10, 13, somewhere between 10 and 13. They not old enough for not old enough for marriage. And they, she is like, I'm not old enough for this. And I think when he first saw her, she was 10 when he first, they had met. So at this point she's 13 and she real she is like respectfully, dad, please don't make me do this. I'm not ready to be married. I'm too young to be married. And he is just like, would I ever do anything to put you in danger? I have your best interests in mind. And this is really good. It's good for the families. It's good for the countries. This was a really like all of their children are paired before they're really even born. Like arrangements have been made back then. This is the common thing, but it was not common at 13, maybe right. at 15, 16, but 13 was considered young. And so um, she really doesn't want to, but she ends up having to marry him. And so it goes into their life together and ultimately why she was wanted and what her purpose in this marriage is and um, in this court and what she does for survival. Oh, it's very, it's, it's a longer book. I think it maybe could have been condensed is my feeling on it. Um, I think she's generally known for a long For a book. long, yeah. and but when I say it's a long book, and but it could have been condensed, it's not that the writing wasn't beautiful. Like, she's a fantastic writer. She weaves a really good story. But I was like, I just spent that much time, and this is the storyline. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. This, the not actual storyline in itself, not a lot happened in it, but it's very well written. Right. It's interesting. Um, I gave it three stars. I liked it, yeah. I, but I didn't love it. Okay. So that's where I'm at with it. The Marriage Portrait by Maggie O'Farrell, three stars. I think I have it on hold. So I'd we'll see. I'd love to hear what you think of it. Yeah. And I'd love to hear compare comparing it to Hamnet. Yes. How it compares. Yes. Okay. Good call. So to be determined. I will let you know. To be continued. It, it will be a few weeks. Okay. I'm quite when you get to down it, in line. Yeah. Let me okay. know. Awesome. All right. My next book is Think Like a Monk. Train Your Mind for Peace and Purpose Every Day by Jay Shetty. Okay. I like it. This was recommended to me by a cousin. Uh-huh. And I was like, Okay. I read it. Think like a monk, you know, and I went and looked it up at my library and I had quite a long wait actually Mm -hmm. and was like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. Um, Put on hold, got it. And I really loved this book. Really? Okay. This is the story of Jay. It's his own personal story. Okay. Um, He decided, went to college. Um, During college, he would spend he would work really hard in finance. That's what he was going to school for. And then during the summers, he would go spend his summers in India with the monks. And he... Like the juxtaposition yeah. of finance and then hanging out with the monks. That's very opposite. Totally different. Okay. And then he would go back to school and he had a career path to, you know, be a lawyer, I think is what he was planning. He talks about... Growing up in his family, you and maybe it was more the area that he lived, it was just you're either a doctor or a lawyer. Like, there are no other options that matter. Yeah. Um, and so there was really only, 
He really was not a lot of choice. And so when he, that's what he was doing. Uh-huh. He was on that career path. And when he graduated, he, when he, when he thought about what, how he wanted to spend his life and what he wanted to do, he felt very passionate about the time that he spent with the monks. And he felt like it was enriching and valuable where he did not, he would talk to his friends who were graduated and working in his field and they, you know, their conversations were very surface and yeah. they were just, time was passing them by. And they were living at the office. to the bone. Yeah. And-, and he just decided that wasn't the life he wanted. And so he decided he was going to become a monk after graduating. Wow. And he and, said it was hard to tell really his family. Which is something I really don't know a lot about. Like, what is the life of a monk? Yes. Well, he describes what they do. How it's, interesting. And he talks about all the things that he learned um, becoming a monk. Like, you're going to school. You basically, when you decide to become a monk, you go and you live with the monks and you are a student. Mm-hmm. And you are just learning. And it's all day. Like, you are constantly learning. You're going to classes. The other monks are teachers. And um, you start your day peacefully and you end your day peacefully like it's it sounds actually quite um spiritually uplifting i don't know another way to describe it but he talks about they wake with the sounds of the birds they don't have it's not to lights or sounds of an alarm it's like oh the birds are it's time to get up you shower you meditate you do all of these things it's just a natural so is everyone getting natural. up at a different time? No, it's like together. They all get it up does, together. It does the seem birds to happen. You wait in line for the shower, like just like normal people, yeah. but it is limited. Like your time is limited. They do not have mirrors because there's no time for vanity. You shave your head because hair is right. not necessary. Right. Um, it's just not something that you spend your time on. It's very fascinating. And he was a monk for three years. And then also, and then at that point decided, you know what? I don't think that a forever life of as a monk as a monk is for me and that was a difficult decision having to say this isn't something that i'm going to i'm going to go do something else and but the thing that he learned was his time as a monk and the things that he learned there have come with him in back into the real world right and Uh i'm sure that's not the right way to say it but right back into society and the impact that it has had on his happiness, his well-being, his mental health, and how important it is that we can all take these virtues that the monks have and learned and given him and use them in our own daily lives to find peace Uh and calm and to be able to listen to our intuition and know what it is we should be doing and how we can live our best life and like the values of a monk. We can have those and not be a monk. Right. You can still good. You could weave them into and finding the things that like we're passionate about. And because when we're passionate about something, we're better at sharing it with others and we can impact other people. And he's like, so you do can what do you're that, passionate about. but you can do that in any setting. I love this message in the book. He, there's lots of things he shares. I gave it five stars. I highly recommend this book. He talks about meditation and the importance of being still and quiet. And I think it's super awesome the way he describes it. And I could implement that better in my life. But one thing he talked about was he, when he got back to things, he decided, um, he jumped back into finance. He's working in a big corporation. He was 
missing some of the aspects of his monk life and he and he was seeing that his coworkers were all disheveled and struggling with trying to keep up with the grind. Mm-hmm. And so he went to his boss and was like, hey, can I start a meditation class in our work? And they were like, sure. It. And so they would meet in the morning and do meditation with it. Anyone was welcome. It was a free service for the employees and he would just guide it. And then it was it was so helpful. People enjoyed it, got such great feedback that they had him do a guided meditation at a at a business-wide conference that he stood up in front of everyone with his microphone and had everyone do meditation. And he just talked about how we can bring these things into our, you know, I, I didn't get, yeah, I can bring something that is important to me and offer it. For everybody because else. Because the ultimate act of being a monk is service. And once we've reached that level, we've we will find true inner peace, inner peace. and happiness. When we are serving. It was really good. I really like that. I just put it on hold. Yeah. It was really, really good. It's called Think Like a Monk. And it's by Jay Shetty. And like I said, I gave it five stars. It's just one of those like, you're going to feel better after reading this book. There's always something you can take Yeah. to improve your own life. Um, he's a good looking man. Oh, yeah. He is. He's <laughs> handsome. Anyway, um, I was just looking at the cover. Agreed. All right. My last one today is Love in the Time of Serial Killers Ooh, by Alicia Thompson. Now, this is simple writing, a simple read. It's super, super easy. There's nothing like, it's nothing like super deep. It's, it would be like a romance or I guess chiclet. Okay. But what I love about it, like it's your typical love story, but the girl is getting her PhD in the behaviors of serial killers. Oh. And the influence of like media or other things on so anyway, something about serial killers. So she it just kind of talks about all the serial killers that I know, the story like you like know it just, the story and the books she's read like um I'll be gone in the dark by McNamara. Anyway, just a lot of the things I've read, a lot of the podcasts I've listened to, like me and her could really sit down and have some good <laughs> conversations. I love like, it. Like this is, this could be my friend. And I so she, that. she has all these stories and she, she ends up having to um, move home for the summer. Her dad has passed away and her and her brother who grew up not together, parents were divorced and, um, the son went with the dad and she chose to go with her mom and they saw each other occasionally, but they're not really close. So she has to come back to her old town. She's living in the house while she's working on her dissertation for her PhD and prepping it to sell because they need to sell it. And she, it starts at the very beginning as she's moving something in. She has driven all day to get here and she's trying to move a big piece of furniture into the house at like 1 a.m. And this guy without any shoes on just shows up and offers help. And she's startled like he came out of nowhere. And so because of her interest in her studies, everyone's a serial killer. Like there's a serial killer behind every bush, every, like she knows all the things to watch for all the red flags, <laughs> all the, and in How other words, this hard is me. Would that be right. Super yeah. yes. anxious all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, and so just kind of, 
this guy and he ends up being a neighbor that lives across the street and he just seems to always be there to help her out when she needs help and she needs help quite often and yet she thinks he's a serial killer or could be a serial killer because of this and this and this and then I mean, every once in a while should be like, uh, one out of 10, I think he's probably a nine. <laughs> he is a serial, <laughs> he's really close to being a serial killer. And then as it, it goes on, it, it kind of goes up and down and stuff. But I just, I thought for a rom-com, so unique to throw yes. like, right now, that's just a super popular thing. Murder podcasts and um, books about serial killers and documentaries about serial killers. Like this is... This is a genre that's really big right now. And so weaving it into another popular women's genre of romance. And I loved it. That's awesome. I mean, I gave it three stars. It's it's simple, but it's a fun storyline. It's different. And all those little Easter eggs of, you know, serial killer vibes and knowledge. It was fun. I liked it. Awesome. Who would have thought serial killer romance? So it's called it's called what? It's called Love in the Time of Serial Killers by Alicia Thompson. Awesome. Very fun. Well, speaking of killers. Dun dun dun. Ooh, I the love last a good killers book. book. <laughs> the last book I'm gonna talk about today is Hidden Pictures by Jason Reculak. I could totally have butchered that. If I did, I you know what? Apologize. Uh, that's how I would have said it's the it. The best so. I can give you. Um, okay, this one was really fun. This is the story of a young twenties-year-old girl, twenty-three-ish, who has had a very rough road. Um, when we meet her, she is just getting out of rehab. She's been clean for twenty months. Okay. Um, she's had a lot of experiences with rough drugs and it's been a hard road but she is clean now and trying to get back on her feet um she has a sponsor who really cares about her and has set her up to get with an interview to get a job as a nanny for a young boy of a well-to-do family okay um in this small quaint neighborhood that's like wealthy and so she goes for the interview and meets the this couple the mom is like a psychiatrist she helps people who are have had problems with addiction and so she has like an open heart to this girl and feels like she would she can help her and she trusts her because she understands the road to recovery because i was gonna say i don't know that i could hire (laughs) Right, it would I be mean, that hard. would be it's hard. You child. want to give people a second chance again, but you have to also look out for the safety of your children. So yes, I, her okay. story is Perfect. you know that is referenced, right? Oh, I, I know your story. We don't always we don't know her full story, but the mother seems to be um, sympathetic to her plight, and the husband, on the other hand, seems a little bit more like anti and he gives uh-huh. her the rundown and she doesn't think she's going to get the job but ultimately she does she gets hired and it's summertime and she meets she loves this little boy and she gets to live in the backyard above the garage in a carriage house okay and um as she meets other people in the neighborhood she hears the story of 
you know, someone was murdered in this carriage house and nobody's ever lived there since. And mm-hmm. and so they hit the mystery of the carriage house. And she starts to have some interesting experiences with the little boy. And during his quiet time, he draws these pictures that are disturbing. You know, a woman being dragged behind a man, um, a woman being buried in a hole, you know, just some strange things and. He seems he has an imaginary friend who kind of tells him some or that he tells him he can do certain things that he shouldn't be doing. It's very it's she's kind of worried about him, but at the same time the parents downplay it and so she's kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. What the connection is, she thinks it might be connected to what happened in the past with the mur- you know, the story of this murder uh-huh. and um is it can is this ghost trying to talk to them from the grave? There's all these things, you know, that are happening. The parents are, is it, is she losing her mind? Is she going using drugs again? There's all kinds of things that are happening. What, who do we trust? Who do we believe? What's happening? The neighbor is a bit of a psychic who's, they call it, the parents call a crazy lady, but she gets involved. It, there's a lot happening in this story and it's quite a twist. Wow. That I did not even see coming until the very end. I was like, Oh yeah. Super fun. I gave it four stars. I really liked it. I thought it was a fun story and very clever. I'd love to talk. Like, this is one you want to talk about. That you want to talk more. And I don't want to spoil spoil anything. Yes, that's how I feel about it. I better get on reading this. Tell us one more time the name. It's called Hidden Pictures. Hidden Pictures. Okay. Yes, it's it was a fun one. So let's talk about it. Okay, well, good. I've got some books to read. I know. If you've read it, find us on Instagram and Facebook. I want to talk to you. Email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and subscribe and share with your friends. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And And this this is is your your book book club. club.